This is the happy hour. You guys want a happy hour? Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America. Yeah, maybe I'll come for a couple. Here are your hosts, Nick Sainert. I want to know what it's like to commit a crime without having to spend time in jail. And Enrique Alvarez Clary. C is for chunk. Brought to you by Empire Fence and Netting on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Tuesday, everybody. Welcome into the happy hour. I am Enrique Alvarez Clary, better known as Rico, and I am still here and joined by my good friend and now forever co-host. <laughs> also still here. Austin Orman. Austin, how are you doing, sir? Just as great as I was an hour ago, but with another still hour doing of good, good radio talk under my belt. Are you sure? Are you sure yes. you still got it? Um, well, I put some uh, some soup in the microwave in the instructions on the side of the container and the instructions on the top of the container were different but <laughs> the studio is still standing it is not on fire i think i made it it said something about a metal lid austin said there was no metal lid and he's like i put it back in there I, if it starts on fire <laughs> i'm sorry my bad sorry y'all. I was like, well this is gonna be an interesting day uh but hey we're all here the soup is good the soup is good soup is fine the soup Solid. is good yeah the soup, thanks cvs the soup is good mm-hmm. uh but as I, as I teased to end the water cooler, because I knew that both of us would still be here, <laughs> we are going to get into a conversation of one Jordan Jordy Ball, who has left Oklahoma as a two-time national champion, a national freshman of the year, and MVP of the Women's College World Series, and is returning, quote-unquote, home. <laughs> That's Terrell's, so, yeah. Uh, he's returning, quote-unquote, home. What does home mean? The state of Nebraska. What university? We don't know yet. So, if Jordy decides to go to the University of Nebraska-Lincoln, does that open the door? Does that help other Nebraska athletic teams with recruiting in-state talent by saying, hey, look, the best player in the nation is playing for us now in this sport. Just because she's playing in this sport doesn't mean that you can't play in this in this other sport. You know, you could be the best mm-hmm. or close to the best in your respective sport, and you can come here and still make a name for yourself. Now, I understand it's a little different because Jordy went out of state first, made a name for herself, and is now coming back to the state. Mm-hmm. I get that. But at the same time, she is returning. Even after winning back-to-back national titles, having a chance to do the unprecedented and win four back-to-back-to-back-to-back, uh, that would be five straight for the University of Oklahoma. I don't think it's too crazy to say that I think they might have been able to do that. Um, she had the ability to do that and cement herself as one of, if not the best softball player of all time. She chose not to. She chose to return to the state of Nebraska. What does that do to recruiting for whatever university she ends up at? So I have to give credit for the, the prompt and the question I asked you from uh, Twitter. Um, there, was, there was a response to uh, Mitch Sherman's article about the Jordy Ball transfer mm-hmm. um, on The Athletic. Um, and there was a, a question down below uh, from someone on Twitter just asking, you know, does the Jordy move again, presumably, to Nebraska, hopefully to Nebraska? Um, 
help Amy Williams, you know, in recruiting Britt Prince to Nebraska? Yes and no. I think that it's going to be, again, I don't know either of these athletes personally, mm-hmm. but so speaking very, very generally about it, um, I would guess it would be more about what is the reception to Jordy Ball more so than Jordy Ball herself. I don't think Jordy Ball is getting, you know, shipped up to Elkhorn to recruit for the basketball team. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure if they both end up on campus, wouldn't shock me if they become friends, you know, similar experiences in high school, in recruiting trends. Um, but the other thing to keep in mind with Britt Prince is that she's likely going to commit before Jordy Ball throws a pitch for Nebraska. Britt Prince is probably committing this fall. It's her junior year? Senior year. Uh, she'll graduate in 24, so it's her senior year. Okay. So she's not going to wait that long. To commit, even if she, I mean, does early she, signing period or February still come before softball season starts. Does she commit <clears throat> before basketball season? Does she go through the basketball season as whatever university commit? Wouldn't shock me. I think that'd be a good way to get it done, get it out of the way, not be distracted by it. I, that would make sense. I think we've seen that a lot, especially with, you know, football where guys commit before their senior year and say, nope, I'm shutting it down. This is the process. Mm-hmm. That's that. And then you don't have to Every worry so about... often they flip on signing day then, but that yeah. is, you know, it, well, the February signing day at least yeah. is now a couple months after their, their season's done. So they've had time to, you know, go back and reconsider. So again, I don't think it'll be the Jordy Ball commitment that necessarily swings anything, you know. Nebraska's way with Britt Prince, but I think a, you know, respectful, enthusiastic showing by Nebraska fans, and, you know, if Jordy and Britt just happen to cross paths, maybe a little conversation there, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think it hurts anything. I think it also helps that uh, Amy Williams' daughter is a softball basketball commit for Nebraska. I think mm-hmm. that that would also help in the crossing of paths between a number one recruit in Jordy Ball and a number one recruit in the state, top 10 still recruit in, in women's basketball in Britt Prince. I believe she's still that high. I, I'm not 100% on that. I know that Austin is currently looking it up for me, so I don't sound like a fool. Um, but if those two, again, if they were to cross paths, as Austin said, I'm sure they would be be friend. Well, I don't know. Sure. But I'm sure that they would have conversations about um, the, the similarities between them in going through their high school careers and their recruitment cycles. ESPN has her down at 25. Oh, she fell. Oh, goodness gracious. We don't want her. <laughs> Just that kidding. seems disrespectful. Just kidding. We still do. Let's go she's, to Prospect Nation. She's still see fantastic. what they have to say. She's still seventeenth she's still uh, at okay. Prospect Nation. Okay, she's tw- top twenty-five. Um, yeah, she's a top twenty-five recruit in the nation. That's still extremely impressive. Yeah, um, but yeah, it, it, I I do believe that that getting a player of Jordy Ball's caliber, if Nebraska is to get her, gotta throw that caveat in there, um, would assist in in showing in-state kids that. You know, however good you are, you can still commit to this university and, and, you know, what have you. I know that, you know, football players have been doing it for years and a couple of basketball players here and there. Uh, you know, it, it, it might help, you know, Sam Greasel being the hometown hero coming back and doing his thing. Now, he wasn't as highly recruited as either one of these uh, uh, women were, but still a guy who had some Division One interest and, and went somewhere else, came back and was welcomed with open arms. Um, and speaking of being welcomed with open arms after um, leaving for a different university out of the state of Nebraska, um, we're just going to go just a hard right turn into this one. <laughs> um, there is a post that is saying that Matt Rule and company are considering, again, this is just a, a rumor type deal, considering 
not allowing, not accepting players from the state who they were recruiting who decided to leave and go elsewhere to return to the university and be a part of their program. Now, we talked about this on The Captain with Vershawn, and you'll be able to hear that on the podcast when once that gets podcasted uh, later today. Um, I, I made my feelings heard, kind of. Um, I think it's ridiculous, and if they do implement that, it's stupid. Um, but I want to hear Austin's take on it, and I want to hear your guys' takes as well. 402-464-5685. Overdraft fees are just the worst. Get up to 200 in fee-free overdraft with the Chime checking account. Sign up today at Chime.com slash Goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. Members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. I think it would be the most tone-deaf approach to the modern era of college football. I think that's just the best way to say it. There is more player movement than ever before. There is more high-level talent in the state of Nebraska. And those players committing to your program are not your birthright. It should be. But you have to deserve those players. You have to be good enough to earn those players' commitment. It, it's not gifted to you. It shouldn't be. You know, you, you can't just treat Nebraska athletes like they're automatically in the bag just because they grew up in, you know, inside the state's borders. Mm-hmm. Just because, you know, their family had a lot of Nebraska stuff around. Every player is an individual. Every player wants to, you know, make their own way, tell their own story. And the hope is that Nebraska deserves their commitment. Nebraska is good enough, that Nebraska offers enough in enough areas to make the players want to commit to Nebraska. Not feel obligated to, not feel like it's the thing they had to do, they were being told to do. Nebraska's got to earn it. Nebraska's got to step up. And if a, a young high school athlete in the state of Nebraska says, Nebraska's not the right fit for me, to to to, to take that stance of, well, if that's your attitude now, we'll, we'll never trust that you can change your attitude or that circumstances will change. Um, you're not worth it to us. You were never all in on us. You didn't believe on us. We don't want you back. That's mm-hmm. a terrible way to go, again, when there's more player movement than ever in college football um, in a state that, again, I mentioned the rising talent still, in terms of sheer numbers, <laughs> doesn't rival other states. So there's a, a fine line to walk between having your convictions and saying, okay, well, we believe in us. We really want you to believe in us too, but also being humble enough to say, okay, yeah, where we're at right now, we can understand why you look somewhere else. But if you think you can help the program and we think you can help the program, there's still got to be a spot for them. Mm-hmm. And, and kind of going off of that, and I guess, you know, uh, Chase B on the text line says, there's absolutely no way that's true. Can you inform the listeners where this rumor came from? This is coming from, um, Another local source. Ah, it's fine. I can say it's coming from Herd at and Damon Benning, who was was he had a conversation with Matt Rule, um, and he is. This is so. I'll, I'll read this. It says, uh, um, "If Damon Benning is right and Matt Rule and others are telling players they can go, but they can't come back, it certainly seems like something that has has a finality you wouldn't expect." So this is from Damon talking with Rule about the coaching staff, who are saying if the players want to go. They're not going to be able to come back. Again, I don't know how much I believe it, but it's coming from a pretty reputable person. This is where being a fly on the wall would go a long way. But you also have to keep in mind 
Damon's relationship to the program. Mm -hmm. Not just that he's a former player, not just that he, you know, took over as color commentator last season. His son's being recruited by Nebraska. So I don't know if this was Matt Rule and Damon Benning talking or if something Matt Rule said to Damon's son got misinterpreted and misrelayed because I find it very hard to believe that would be Matt Rule's attitude. That doesn't fit with a lot of what we've heard and seen mm-hmm. from him. So something's not matching up. So my first thought is, where's the disconnect here? Yeah. It's, it's like you said, a fly on the wall. I want to hear the whole quote. I want to hear exactly what was said. The context of the conversation. I want to know exactly where it started, <clears throat> where it ended, where, where the road that it took to get to that point. Because, like you said, I don't, that doesn't sound like something that Matt Rule in the limited time that we've gotten to know him here at Nebraska and what you've been able to hear from his time at Baylor and Temple and with the Carolina Panthers, that doesn't seem like something that he would truly say. No. Um, because in my mind, if if Carter Nelson truly decides to go to Georgia, if Carter Nelson decides to go to Alabama, if Carter Nelson decides to go wherever the hell Carter Nelson wants to go, Teddy Rezac, who committed to Notre Dame, if one of those players came back to Nebraska after a year or two and said, I think I want to come home, I think I want to be a Husker. You're going to tell me that Matt Rule would say, well, you didn't choose us you know, when you were 17, 18 years old. We don't want you back now that you're bigger, stronger, faster, and, and have been in a weight room and a, and a training program at a Division One college. It's short-sighted. It's stupid. It's petty. Extremely petty. It's ridiculous. There's no – I mean, look, take softball, for example. If Jordy Ball truly, truly is coming to the University of Nebraska-Lincoln – do you think that the coaching staff is looking at her and said, well, you were committed as a freshman, then you decommitted, and you went to Oklahoma. We don't want you. And I understand <laughs> it's apples to oranges. It could be a player that didn't play versus a star player. I get that. And if that's truly what it is, if it's a person who didn't play at whatever university and wants to come back and you don't want them back because, obviously, if they weren't good enough there, they're not going to be good enough here versus a star player who balled out wherever and wants to come back, that's completely different. And if that's the case, guess what? You didn't need to say anything because that makes sense. It's not a sign of weakness to, you know, accept a player that, you know, went somewhere else and then transfers back. You know, I feel like there's a very alpha male perspective on this where, well, you didn't want us to begin with. uh, We had nothing to do with you. Uh, Why would you want us now? We're not going to take you because then it's going to look like we are, you know, catering to this one player just to, you know, curry some favor. I don't think that's true. I think you take good players that help you. If they're in state, great. If they're out of state, also great. But you can't draw such a hard line in the sand, you know, over this issue because even if it, you know, it you think it's just a one-time thing, other recruits are seeing and hearing the message being sent. Mm-hmm. It's so much bigger than, you know, just one situation. It, you know, we have a couple of texts. I mean, it says, I thought you were talking about transfers. I mean, technically, it, it is a transfer. It's it's if somebody from the state, and again, this is from, this is from, I don't know, whatever, a website posted their little article about it, but it also comes from uh, the podcast or the, the show that, that Damon Benning has on Heard At. He was talking about his conversation with Rule and, and this. If a player from in, in the state who Nebraska is pursuing, is recruiting, decides that they want to go somewhere else. We'll just get we'll just we'll just put some names on it. If Carter Nelson, who is the Ainsworth tight end, eight man football, who is the, the highest rated player in the state, is a top 
25 player in the nation, I believe, top top 50 player in the nation, whatever, um, decides to go to Georgia. And then in two years, wants to come back to Nebraska. His initial commitment to Georgia is like slamming the door in Nebraska's face, and they are not going to open it again. That's pretty much what this is saying. This isn't saying a transfer from Texas. Uh, this isn't saying Casey Thompson, who Nebraska may have recruited whatever at a time, and then he wanted to transfer to Nebraska. That's, I guess that's different, which I want to get some context on that. If a guy from California who you were recruiting hard decides to go to USC and then wants to transfer in, are you saying no because you decided to go somewhere else? If if Because I find it hard to believe that guys who are transferring in from other Division One schools – you weren't pursuing at some time. And if they decided not to go to you and they, they want to go back to you, are you going to say, because we did offer you a scholarship, we did pursue you, we don't want you? It's going to be a hard way to build a team if you're looking for high-level athletes who you may or may not have noticed out of high school. It's a hard way to build a team on a year-to-year basis, but it's also an impossible way to build a program. That you want to be built on, you know, being personable, on being understanding, on, you know, being at the forefront of college athletics. Because if you draw that that hard line in the sand and players don't feel, you know, welcome and they they feel attacked by the coaching staff because they didn't make the decision the coaching staff wanted, who's going to want to come play for that program? It seems like a very uh, ultimatum type move. You either choose us or you never come back. And you can have principles and standards without setting ultimatums yeah i don't like it again there's we don't know because they haven't had to deal with this issue yet so we don't know if this is truly a thing but the first time that somebody who decided to go somewhere else wants to come back i guess we'll get our answer but we're done with that conversation up next on the happy hour uh we're gonna give lincoln arneal a ring we went a little bit over hopefully he's still available um he's in des moines in a conference right now so hopefully we can get back with him or get with him uh to talk about jordan larson coming back to nebraska volleyball as an assistant coach we'll be right back on the happy hour follow nick and enrique on twitter at nick underscore sainert and at radio rico ac more of happy hour is next on 93.7 the ticket and the ticket fm.com <laughs> 